Ricky Ricky. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? How's it going? I, uh, I've been taking voice lessons. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, it's improving. Um, <laughs> you're getting way closer to hitting the actual falsetto that you're aiming for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> keep working at it, man. Yeah, I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, maybe we'll do like what a hundred more, and then I'll, I'll eventually get there. So uh, yeah, that <laughs> um, makes perfect. Yeah, there you go. There you go. If I'm not going to pra- practice in front of a live audience, you know, which is basically one person because I can't right. see who's yeah. listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how you get better. Uh, dude, welcome back, man. We have. Been kind of slow getting pods out. We were like banging them out, banging them out, banging them yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and we've got kind of like that lull in the schedule right now too, where you've got that two weeks between that last preseason game before you get into the regular season. Um, right. Luckily, we do have at least a little bit to talk about today, right? With the fifty-three yeah. man roster and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and we've already decided we're going to do two a week uh, moving forward. Yeah. We'll do a, a, a game recap and then a game a pregame. So. That's right. If anybody's listening and cares that how many we're going to start putting them out and when to look for them, we'll do one yep. post game and one pregame from here on out. So yes, yep. let's get right into the fifty-three man roster because there were some, uh, there were some surprises, but not too crazy surprising. Uh, yeah. More of like hopefuls that we had that didn't make it versus people that were like, "Wow, I can't believe they didn't make it." Kind right. of people. Um, so let's just start off with the people that we're bringing in. Uh, before we get to surprise cuts, or do you want to do surprise cuts first? Um, cuts first. Yeah, either either way. I so did you have anybody surprise cut wise that was like your biggest surprise of all of them? Not biggest. I guess Wooten is probably my biggest surprise. Okay, that was probably my biggest surprise uh, cut. But and he was he was kind of like a second round movement too. He wasn't yeah. initially. Yeah, nothing but huge. Uh, Raekwon Williams, I guess, was a little surprising. Yeah, that was surprising, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. he had seemed like he had gained some serious steam and momentum, mm-hmm. and and with Marquand being released, and we know that that had maybe a little bit more to do with injury than what was originally led on. Um, yeah, but yeah, Raekwon I thought was a really interesting one. Yeah, um, and it I, still it still seems like we have time. Like, we're still looking for that that person. Yeah, it and, seems like. and also what we've heard from Frank Reich too about the whole. Um, our squad is the 53-man plus the 16 practice squad, right? He called it the 69-man roster is how he views it. So there's also just this idea that it's like a, a farm system, essentially, is how he's operating with this, that the practice squad is going to have call-ups and all those kinds of things where it's not just this 53-man end-all, be-all kind of situation. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of evidence with some of the cuts, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, So for me, Justin McCray. And Keith Taylor were the two that I was really surprised didn't make that initial 53. Mm. And I guess the Justin McCray thing came down to familiarity with James Campen and mm. the fact that he had been serving as our second team center. It, it was a little bit surprising seeing him go. I thought that he just had that versatility along the offensive line that we needed from an experienced player. Um, Keith Taylor, man, that's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't really tied myself to feeling good about it's not so much about Keith Taylor, the player. That's the weird part for me, I think. I think it's what he provided the defense. Mm-hmm. A tall, lengthy, boundary corner that could fill in on spot starts, but also had the versatility to play inside, outside, in in heavy you know, pass coverage alignments. And I, I think that him being gone and us bringing in somebody that I know that we'll talk about here shortly – at such a different physical profile, it makes me a little bit concerned what happens if 
JC or Dante who have had some health issues, what happens if they go down and we have to start CJ Henderson or Troy Hill as cornerback two? That's a different outlook for me than it was thinking about Keith Taylor playing there. And (laughs) Keith looked like he had a pretty good summer, in my opinion. I thought that he had a nice preseason. I thought he had a nice camp. I've seen a lot of differing opinions on that. So maybe I've misconstrued the way that I watched the preseason. Um, But from individual reps, he looked like he was hanging in there pretty tough. Um, So those would be the two that I think that I had the most uh, surprise reaction from. Yeah, it kind of seems like, first of all, good on Fitter and the scouts and how plugged in they are by knowing that almost all of these guys would make it through waivers. Like the only guy that on the initial, I know we lost Corral. Um, I think that's why they kept Corral. I think they wanted like the packs to pick up, you know, somebody else that got cut. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of why we kept him for a little bit longer. So maybe um, same thing with Bright too. We kind of waited like a little longer just to make sure that everybody had already picked up their guys. Sure. So good on them, man. I mean, they, they <laughs> Roe made it through waivers. McCray, Leota, like these guys were not being targeted by other teams. Well, Which the, is the bad part about that, though, right? Because there's a part of that that's a little ominous. Mm-hmm. And that's that all of these other NFL front offices looked at the cuts that we made and said there's not an NFL player in there that we would be willing to give up a waiver claim to get. Now, we only had Keith Taylor, I think, is the only other player that signed with a different practice squad, right? He signed with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that makes sense, too. He could have came back here in the practice squad, but he probably had... He probably felt a way, man, about about being released and, yeah. and kind of just like left left out for it. And that's fair. But but we also have to as, as much of a Keith Taylor supporter as I was, I also completely acknowledged his shortcomings and, and bad right. games and bad showings. So at some point you do cut ties with that. Um, but there is a little ominous feeling about the fact that no other NFL front office gave a shit about any of the players that we had out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah, poached yeah. a few from others. Um, and nobody wanted anything to do with us. So that kind of kind of telling on the way that this roster was organized and composed yeah. from the previous regime and Fitterer to a little bit too, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that we as Panther fans kind of need to change our mindset of we want to win a Super Bowl. We don't yeah. want to be average. We don't want to be good. So having good players is makes you good. Having right. high, high upside guys can make you great. Like, that's the right. guys that you want to hit on, those high, high upside guys. And we've done that. I mean, that's that's DJ Johnson that we're talking about. I think that we can get to it a little bit. I think that's why we keep Barno. I think that's why we keep YGM. Yeah. Um, that those, like, those high elite motors, talents, uh, mentality, like, those are the guys that you kind of want. And that's how you get um, the kid that made the interception from the Patriots against, uh, I don't know if I can't think of his name right now, against the uh, – Seahawks like you get those guys that come out of no Josh mm-hmm. Norman was kind of like that you get those guys that kind of come out of nowhere that have this high high upside and a high motor and a high Steve Smith that like I I play bigger than I am kind of guys and yeah. we drafted you could see when we drafted DJ Johnson um Jamie Robinson was like that uh Zavala's yeah. like that it's just these guys that uh Mingo, guys yeah 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 they're like I'm physically Traits gifted and attitudes and, yeah yeah and I want to hit people and I want to win and that's what I so we can go into, let's go into the guys that we brought in um, well, I think we should bring in the, the guys we brought in for these guys, and then we'll go into the guys that were bubbles and that kind yep. of made it. Uh, so the guys we brought in, um, I've only heavily looked into Smith Marset, which makes a ton of sense. Like he brings that mentality. I don't worry about that guy fumbling the football or being like kind of scared of anything or anybody or taking a hit. 
that dude's going to catch every punt or, or, or kick return. And uh, he is going to be a dog if anything happens to our top two receivers. High upside guy. I think he's a 4-4-40 guy. Yeah. Um, deep threat guy. I, I really like his mentality. I'm glad we brought him in. And same with uh, Deshaun uh, Jameson. Same thing. Like he is Steve Wilkes was spoke glowingly about him. Yeah, he did. They, yeah. they really like him. He's the same kind of thing. He's a little undersized, but man, he wants to hit people. He thinks that he's the best player in the room. Um, really, really like that addition. And even that, even though that was probably um, Keith Taylor's spot, and Keith Taylor's probably better right now, that mm-hmm. guy might can, it might have that upside. Sure, yeah, that makes about sense. About that. So let me just go through the other guys that I didn't really know a lot about. Ricky well, Lee. Well, and, and real quick, too, let's go. touch on Smith-Marset one last time. Because okay. I think, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, yeah, I did want to point out a couple things because I, I also really like that signing as well. Um so the keyword, right, the buzzword after preseason for our receiving group was separation, that we had mm-hmm. a lack of separation and we didn't have anybody other than who I would say Jonathan Mingo in the preseason showed that he can create his own separation. That is something that Smith-Marset brings to the table. And that is one of the things that he demonstrated in the preseason where he led the Chiefs in receiving. Um, I believe he had like 290 yards receiving, I think, in the preseason. 195 and two touchdowns, I think. Is that what it was? 290 okay. is a lot of yards yeah, for, for a preseason game. Yeah, yeah, for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Did I say 290? Okay. Yeah, I think, it's, I yeah. think it was 195. Right. Uh, okay. It's not coffee in my coffee cup. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everybody. Um, okay, so he led them in receiving yards. Um, he showed the big play capability in the preseason as well. Mm-hmm. But one of the other things that I really like about this that I thought was really important was Frank Reich talked about how Adam Thielen's cosign and his input on this guy was very integral to bringing him in. And I like that Thielen, who we all say is the best route runner, is the craftiest, most veteran, most knowledgeable receiver that we have on this roster. I like that he pointed out a shifty, fast guy to also say, hey, look, I saw enough from him in the limited time that I played with him that I think that he can develop into something that we don't have on this roster. So that's a really big cosign, and that's a really good fortuitous sign of what he could potentially be to this offense. We should temper a little bit of expectations just because of the fact that this guy was waived or was about to be waived and claimed we made the trade for the conditional seventh round swap to get him before that process. But in essence, it's the same sentiment, right? That Mm -hmm. he was about to be cut from another team. And the Chiefs don't have this overwhelming group of wide receivers themselves. They just got that, they're like a little tiny bit better, like the Justin Ross. Right. Like the, yeah. That's exactly Rice. right. And I think that they just didn't have the void in right. his skill set that we did. Right. So he was more valuable to our team than he was to theirs, despite right. them liking him a whole lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I am very happy about that. And Deshaun uh, Jameson was another guy that I really do like what he has shown on film at his time in Texas. He does have some dynamic ability. He's got the speed. He's, small you know that's Mm -hmm. that's the only thing is that he's short and I that's what we kind of touched about earlier with Keith Taylor and his size and the ability to play the boundary and and to be able to move all the other pieces around by having him out there I I do want to see what Deshaun Jameson can bring but you're right Steve Wilkes had nothing but good comments on his abilities so if we like Steve Wilkes so much last year then we should probably feel pretty good about that endorsement as well yeah absolutely absolutely and and he's not going to take the field game one. Neither one of them are. And the, and, right. and Reich calls uh, Smith-Marset a prospect. 
Like yeah. we, he, we, he said he's going to be he's going to be integral in the in the uh, kick returns, which we needed, right. or the return game. I don't know which right. returns he's going to do, uh, but he's going to be that specialist and be our Andre Roberts basically because yeah. we I think Shy was going to be that guy or Bird was going to be that guy. Yeah, and we don't have either one of them, so we needed that guy. And Smith Marcel, he excels in that. You know, he was yep. all Big Ten as a return specialist. So I mean, that's right. that's also an accolade that none of the other guys that we have on the roster had. Right. So we know that he's built for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I love that. And and like I said, man, that guy is just he's he's very highly of himself. He's yeah. got confidence. I'm not worried about oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, is this guy going to catch this ball? This they're they're about to hit him. No, he's going to take yeah. hits. He's going to talk trash. He's going to be be physical. And I think right. that's what we need this team to be. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the clip of him being interviewed by the reporter after the preseason <laughs> yeah. game, and they ask you know, hey, what do you think of yourself? He says, I think I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers out there. <laughs> like. Gotta love that, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, that very is, Jamie that's Robinson that of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Robinson the same way, and that's why we love him so much coming in. Even though that we still got to see some more of, of him yep. doing doing it. Uh, yeah. So we we talk about these guys, guys that I kind of haven't watched a lot of tape on. Ricky Lee, Dunk on Demand, um, on Twitter said something about him before. He said he he thought that he was very very strong. Uh, we have um, uh, yeah, Ricky Lee has a good. Um, so he was playing a lot of. Um, what was he left tackle? I think they had him playing a lot in the preseason and Reich has already made mention that they're going to put him on the right tackle side too. So he, in essence is going to start getting a little bit of that swing tackle opportunity with Mm -hmm. Cam Irving out of the way. And his physical profile does work for that because he's six, four, two ninety five, three hundred. So he's a little bit on that slider side. So he's a little bit more athletic and and nimble on his feet. So I do really like that. And he's an NCA and T guide too. So that's always a, a, a positive local um, tied to it yeah absolutely um and i, I Cherilus, i guess you say his name he's, he's yeah. making the linebacking squad over uh uh wooten and uh brandon smith it's really interesting right um yeah. he's an undrafted free agent out of alcorn state uh high motor guy plays fast but he's he, he transferred from umass to alcorn state and at UMass, he had some trouble getting off of blocks and with just strength and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, when he started playing in Division Two at Alcorn State, he flashed a lot more. And he looked like the superior athlete out there. Yeah. So my only concern is going to be if he needed that kind of step down in competition to show the high-end traits and abilities that he showed at Alcorn State, what does he look like in the NFL, right? Like, mm-hmm. if these are all bigger and stronger guys. So he's going to have to add some functional strength. He's got great speed, um, good instincts, it seems like. His tackling isn't really a problem. It's going to be the strength to complete the tackle and make the play. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we did get a, a, a up-close look at him. He was on the Jets team, and we had the the joint practices. So somebody on this staff saw something that they liked a whole lot out of this guy, and I'm just going to kind of default to their opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what um, – what it seems that's why we like uh, – I'm not even going to say his name – Blank Hill – Grugier Hill, Grugier Hill, Grugier Hill. Pass. He makes plays. Yeah. He's the, he gets the ball quickly. That's what we love about Luvu. That's what we love. And they said that we're going to play fast. We're going right. to. We're not going to. Um, we're going to make you have to think about everything we're doing because we're going to be all over the place. Yeah. So I think that's more of a fit than guys like uh, Brandon Smith, who do seem like a little more zone stay in your spot kind of yeah. not fly to the ball kind of guys brandon so, didn't play with a ton of instincts because he didn't seem to trust his mental process yeah. of figuring things out he was really slow on reactions and things like that 
Now, Chandler Wooten's a little bit surprising to me. I was a big Chandler Wooten guy, mm-hmm. and I thought that he played very fast and instinctual, and I thought that's why he was going to make the roster. It's it's again though, I think we touched on it briefly with the whole farm system aspect of the practice squad and the in the fifty three man. They're they're just figuring out. It's almost like these are live tryouts to get some other bodies into practices and see how they react with the roster, right? So I'm not gonna overreact yet because I think that there is a chance that there's some some call ups and some drop downs that happen before we even get to week one. I and agree. you can bring up two people from the practice squad before each week as well. So there's there's the ability to bring up two of those players. You look at like the inside linebacker depth and you say, well, Camus is really the only other guy that we have back there outside of our starters. Yeah, but maybe we activate Chandler Wooten every single week, you know? Right. It's, exactly. it's, it's just the logistics and the keeping it flexible and, and, and pliable is the reason for a lot of these moves, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think they probably communicated that to these guys because they all came back except right. for Taylor. I mean, they right. all wanted to be here. So yep. I think that was probably communicated with them. Yep. And, um, and especially being able to keep Leota, which I know you really like. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, that one hurt uh, a little bit when he didn't make the fifty three, but I also yeah. understood it, right? Like I get it, and I and I honestly didn't anticipate him making the fifty three earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I was just really impressed with what I saw from him, and he looked like he deserved to be on an NFL team. But yep. being on the practice squad for this team with the depth at the outside linebacker position, I think is a really nice place for him to end up too, though. Yeah. Um, and then Throckmorton, I don't get that one at all. Maybe it's yeah. just, hey, what are the Saints doing? Give us some insight. That might yeah, be the only reason. So yeah, I don't know. That's a head scratcher. I, I wasn't – look, I don't know too much about him. First of all, I'll be completely honest about that. I know that he played his college ball at Oregon. I know mm-hmm. that he um, has started at left guard and right guard, I believe, in the NFL. So there is some experience there. And when we keep guys like uh, Chandler Zavala and Nash Jensen, so we've got two rookies, Zavala seems to have a big role coming his way, especially mm-hmm. with Corbett starting on the pup list. So we know that Zavala is going to get some time, but maybe it is simply just having a guy with experience to mm. see what he can look like. Does he stand out against these rookies? And, and and Nash Jensen, maybe even in particular, is did we just not see Nash get competition against quality players? So let's see what this right. guy who was going to possibly get some playing time on the Saints. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But I'm with you that it's not my favorite addition. I thought yeah. that there were other interior linemen on the waiver that I probably would have... And we spent a yeah. claim on him. So it wasn't like we just tried to recruit him to the practice squad afterwards. We actually put a claim in and we're willing to do that. So there's somebody values him. I, I'm just not exactly sure who or why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in the NFL. I mean, he was an yeah, NFL player and he right. wasn't a practice squad player. So yep. I, he, he, I think he was a bad NFL player. But, yeah. uh, but he was an NFL player. So we'll That's see. Right. Maybe people get better. Um, so the, I think the, the things that we were talking about that we are sort of surprised on did we come to the conclusion that Barno was making it? Or did we say that we Barno did. was? Yeah. Yeah, I think, Mar- yep. I, I think that we was had a bubble We Barno guy. and Leota, I believe, were yeah, the two that we had. We said peace out to YGM. Yep. Um, I think that they must see development from YGM. Because YGM has all the physical traits in the world. Like, he is an yeah. athlete. He's long. He's strong. Good run defender. Um, but he just hasn't developed. He hasn't got His better. athleticism, though, I think is actually the thing that has hampered him because of the fact that, well, now playing the outside linebacker position, athleticism is going to change for what he needs. Being a hand down 4-3 end is a little bit different responsibility-wise than what mm-hmm. he's going to be asked to do, and that's the that's the concern. But the other thing that I saw was him playing, you know, three technique and speed packages. Mm-hmm. And that is something that he can provide, that when we have 
you know, nickel package out there, nickel personnel out there. Mm. And we need that interior speed rush. And we don't necessarily want to put Shy Tuttle out there. Mm. Maybe you do see YGM line up there. And and he could be the only guy that really had that versatility. So they're going to see how that fits maybe the first couple of weeks. And then again, that's a practice squad move that if he's just getting manhandled and he's too slow uh, on the outside when he is tasked with playing that outside linebacker alignment, then maybe we look at Raekwon Williams or somebody getting that swap out there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, when the Houston, so you see all these attitude guys that we bring in, like I'm the baddest motherfucker in that, uh, that exists versus, right. well, I guess they just think I'm not very good. So that's why they brought in like, just it's like, yeah. like playing the victim. Yeah. Like I don't like that mentality in the locker room sure. compared to all these other like dogs that we have. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing I get from YGM. Like I'd rather have a Leota doing that kind of stuff or, you know, right. or just the, I'm, I'm good and I know I'm good yeah. and I'm going to get you like that kind of, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's the only thing that really throws me off with YGM is that I just want the mentality to change. He's yep. also a, um, he's also a Burns guy. So maybe that had something to do with it. Like they're definitely they're, possible. They're close. So I don't know. Um, that's about all I had as far as guys that uh, Thurman, I guess another guy that I had that was kind of, we didn't really think about. And um, we got a lot of eggs in the Thurman basket, don't we? And yeah. that, that it makes me a tiny bit, um nervous because mm-hmm. i i just don't know what it is that they have seen that was so remarkable that they were like yeah look we're gonna start this guy we are feeling good about it we are willing to cut some other guys that we've been very high on yeah and and a lot of it could just be coach speak we only know what the fans are allowed to know mm-hmm. i just know that there hasn't been a ton of like experience from nick thurman that would make you feel like he yeah. was worth kind of tying your anchor to right yeah i, 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 I hope like- i hope he's worth it Right. It's, it's the guy that we even bring up when we were talking about 53-man. Right. I don't think we brought him up at all. I, I, he's he's kind of a yep. meh to me. Uh, yeah, so. I, we, I think that we both um, anticipated Raekwon Williams and Taylor yeah. Stallworth being the two. And, and they're both on the practice squad for what it's worth. That's yeah. good. And you it might know. be intel. Like, they might have said that oh, somebody was looking at Thurman and they wanted him, and nobody was looking at these other guys, yep. and we, they know we would keep them. So yep. they might have said, let's try to keep all three. They probably communicated that to all three of them. Hey, it's still a competition. Right. Um, and we're just doing the best thing to keep everybody in-house. So yep. that could be it. I don't know. It just, yeah, I'm with you. It kind of seems a little odd. Uh, you want to get to the the practice squad and guys that we really liked that are on the practice squad that yeah. I'm also kind of – you said it uh, earlier today is that Wow, they didn't get picked up. So I know guys that we had uh, making the team: Leota, McCray. Uh, we said Raquan Williams, Wooten, um, and Keith Taylor. Keith Taylor's not on the practice squad, but he got cut. We thought he was right. make the team. And you, I think, especially said McCray. Yeah. Uh, so, so who is our backup center now? Is it Mays? Is Mays our backup yeah, it's center? Yeah, Cade Mays. And yeah. so I know that Cade Mays can play center, right? And mm-hmm. I understand this whole league-wide offensive line depth issue that everyone has been talking about lately. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I get it. But Cade Mays has played pretty much every other offensive line position outside of center in his yeah. career. Now, he took a couple snaps at center, I believe, last preseason. Not this preseason, yeah. but his rookie year. I think he took a few snaps at center and had showed his versatility to be able to do that. And And maybe it is just that they feel better about his proclivity at guard and to play tackle. If we get in a jam yeah. than they do about keeping Justin McCray strictly for a backup center purpose, because yeah. what they're banking on is that we don't need a backup center. Right. 
And if yeah. you do, at least you have someone that's capable of making a snap. Mm-hmm. My concern with that is that I think that center is an extremely important position that yeah. sometimes maybe gets overlooked. And it's almost twofold, too, with the fact that we've seen Bradley Bozeman still struggle with pass protection at times. Mm. So there's a part of me that just wants to make sure we're not completely hitching our wagon to the idea that Bozeman is a surefire, going to be a stud week in, week out. Maybe there's some competition in practices that could benefit that. And I thought that having a veteran like McCray might push him a little bit harder because he might feel that pressure behind him. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I don't know that Cade Mays, someone who's never taken an NFL snap at center, gives you that guy in the rear view feeling. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a it could be contract related too. Like possible. You got to pay. You're paying Cade Mays a six round rookie price versus right. uh, McCray, who's going to be a vet uh, a vet price. So yep. and that could be. I, I don't know that that that's it, but I mean, I'm just thinking. Same with Rowe. Like, would you do you want to play the vet price or not? Uh, well, and, and I, you know, remember when we did our 53 main prediction, I didn't say that Roe was going to make the team. Yeah. Um, and I think that that ended up being pretty much what we thought that Sam Franklin seemed to have made a big enough impression that yeah. he's not just a special teams ace at this point in these coaches' minds. This is a guy that can be trusted on the defensive side and on special teams. And Roe being back on the practice squad is good. Maybe he's one of those guys that we call up, you know, every other week or something like that, too, when it's game plan specific. When we And I think we talked about this when we talked about the 53, man, is that if you have a game plan where you know somebody is an aerial threat more than other teams, maybe that's a time that Eric Rowe doesn't make that that active roster, right? He, he mm. stays down there because we're not going to play him. Right. But on other games, maybe even like Atlanta Falcons for is a good example, right? They don't have a whole lot of field stretching going on. We know that they're going to run the ball, so perhaps we see Eric Rowe come up for that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's like, uh, we talk about right, we can talk about, I mean, Thomas Oliver, we, we, they were all kind of bubble guys, stalwart, like, yeah. no, these guys are, these are, they're practice scouts, white guys, yeah. like, we've already touched on, they, they are, uh, they can, I'm, I'm happy if any of these guys get pulled up, I'm not going to, it's not going to be like, we're going to have depth problems, right. so I like the idea of a 69 man roster mentality, yeah. because yes, if any of these guys get pulled up, I'm, I, I don't think we lose that big of a step. And we also right. have some high upside, like Leota. And just because some of these guys are like our guys that we've talked about liking doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's not it's not lost on me that they aren't NFL starting players right now. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I get that Eko Leota isn't going to come in and be expected to put up seven sacks this year, right? Mm-hmm. I just think that he has the traits and the attitude and the way that he approaches the game that I wanted him to be around. And he mm-hmm. is. So I'm totally okay with how that ended up. I'm just glad that he's on the practice squad at least and not somewhere else that we look back on it in hindsight and are like, man, we really should have kept him, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's two things that kind of stand out to me for our overall picture of what kind of, um, we're kind of saying. We kept we kept five tight ends initially. We put Sullivan on the on IR. So we have yeah. four tight ends on the, on the active squad. And we Geo cut. is a tight end fullback yes. hybrid, right? Yeah, that's what I'm getting uh, getting at. So we have basically holding on a fullback. Right. Then we have all our receivers are large receivers. Like we have very yeah. big receiver. We saw Bingo come in and help um block on the on the interior line. Right. This all tells me we're gonna run the ball. We're gonna run oh, the ball yeah. a lot. Yep. Uh, Frank Reich, I did this because I did a, a, a Reich uh, show, uh, I mean, a Panthers pod, my 32 and 32. They ran the ball the, f- the fifth 
most amount when the, when he was a Colts head coach. He yep. runs the ball. He likes to run the ball. Yep. And they have large dudes. They're going to run the football. So we're yep. going to run the football quite a bit. And it says to me on defense, we want to play fast. Right. We don't need to be the biggest guys in the room. We are going to be fast. We're going to get to the ball quickly. We are going to um, be multiple. You say multiple all the time. I do. We, we are going to be able to cover Sorry. each other. <laughs> uh, we are playing with a high, like a high motors. Yeah. Uh, like very guys that want to hit people. So it, I kind of see what we're doing yeah. as far as where we want to go with our uh, roster and where, how we want to play. Yeah, and like I, what's I, the philosophy, right? You yeah, can exactly. see how the composition matches the philosophy. Right, exactly. And, that, I, and I think that's going to help a lot with our pass pro because we run the ball a lot. It's going to set yeah. up play action. Think about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, everybody was like, let Russ cook, all that kind of stuff. Right. Russ like did very very well because they ran the ball a whole lot. That's right, and it set up play action. And he and, yep. and when that didn't happen, when he went to Denver and he had to be pass only quarterback, he wasn't very good. But right. Gino was good in that system because they were run first team. They would run the ball heavily, and it sets up a pass protect. Um, Any uh, quarterback, no matter how remarkable you are, becomes less remarkable if you're one dimensional as right. an offense. And so when you are just dropping back and you're throwing it 60 times a game, that guessing game goes away a lot for a defense and they get to deploy things that actually work against pass formations and concepts, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you're right. I expect a lot of running. I think that that is just part of this offense. Um, the only thing that I'm a little bit still concerned with when we talk about philosophy and composition of the roster, yeah, we want to play fast on defense. We want to stay multiple. We want to be able to disguise coverages, all of that stuff. I get it. We are just very light, man. We're a light team, yeah. and, and a 3-4 is already a difficult – and I don't think we'll run a 3-4 base often, but just from a conceptual standpoint and yeah. for simplicity, a 3-4 base already runs into its issues against the run. Yeah, And you need stout players up front to kind of negate some of that. Yeah, And so there is just a part of me that still has a little bit of a concern – about that run defense that was that was my concern yeah. coming into the year it was my concern during the preseason and it's still that concern for me well that's why McCall was such a a, a tough because that was our big buy like we need a we need a Vita Vea we need a Will yeah Ford. we need like and, a, a that anchor right there. and even if he doesn't play a lot right even if he only mm -hmm. played 10 or 15 snaps a game because you're not in that base defense those 10 or 15 snaps are intentional though because yeah. they're run likely opportunities that having him in there, or even if it's, you're talking about blitz scenarios, having him in there to free up the linebackers or the corners or the safeties to get through that line, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the point. So it's just going to be curious to see what this defensive front can do with guys like um, the, we were just talking about with Nick Thurman. Is mm -hmm. he going to be able to show enough versatility mm -hmm. that he could do all of those things? Because that's what they kept on saying was the reason for Marquand to be cut didn't fit the scheme. We want more out of that position. We need them to do other things. All right. Now we need to see, can Nick Thurman do other things or is he a one trick pony the opposite way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you see how like the, the, the 49ers roster is built, right? They yeah. have, they have light linebackers. Like yeah, that's right. might be the lightest linebacker in the league, yeah. but he's excellent yep. because they have, and they just got Hargrave for that. Very, they give Hargrave a lot of money right. to be, to be on the inside. Right. And they have uh, Armstead. Like they have, they have these guys that are, they're the run stoppers. They're the guys. Yeah. But you're fast. You're still fast. You can still get to people. But you need those big dudes. Powerful and guys that can collapse that line and, and make the, yeah. the, the guys who can move and rove a little bit easier, right. make their job easier, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I uh, that's and that's what makes Aaron Donald so insanely gifted is that he can do He's both. Great at everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's so wild. But yeah, I, I agree. That's my this, and that's why I didn't really understand with the. I know we want to talk about the Saints, but that's what I didn't understand what the Saints are doing. They lost all their big dudes uh, interior yeah. and and their best, I, who I think is their best run defender in uh, Kate Nellis, um, last last year. So and they brought in some young guys to, to put, take, play that uh, interior. Yep. And I think they're just going to get eaten alive in the run game, uh, yep. me specifically. Uh, but I hope that that's not the most as well. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I think Fitterer said something like that. I think Fitterer's main goal is to get somebody. I think he yeah. said that in the post presser. So hopefully they have something in mind. Hopefully it's somebody. Hopefully it's a big trade. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Um, hopefully some people aren't very excited to be where they are. And they decide to come to us instead. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think that's anything else you want to kind of touch on with the 53 man and anything like that? Any other players? No, you know, I think that honestly, I think that we, it went about as you would expect. There was a mm. couple of names here and there that maybe didn't make the initial that are on the practice squad. But for the most part, man, these are the players that we thought would be on this roster. Yeah. Um, and so let's finish it off like this then, since we're talking about composition of a roster and composition of this team, right? There's been conversations about Scott Fitterer because some people didn't like some of these moves, the Brandon Smith, the Shy Smith, those kinds of things, that Scott Fitterer is entirely overrated as a general manager. So I can understand people being frustrated with the way that this roster was made and with the responsibility that the previous head coach was given and how much freedom he had and decision-making ability. But we got to understand too, though, what we have seen this offseason isn't just from a player personnel standpoint. Scott Fitterer worked with David Tepper as opposed to David Tepper making a decision this year. This staff that everyone is crazy about, this is also one of Scott Fitterer's products. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if we're so high on that, that has to be accounted for. As far as the players, look, Fitterer has to take some of that responsibility. And he did yesterday in a press conference when he was asked about Hey, it looks like you've gotten rid of a lot of the Matt Rule type of players, you know, that have been drafted. And he said that that wasn't just all all Coach Rule. He said I had a hand in that too. Like, we're, this is a collaborative effort. That's what he's supposed to say, right? And and yeah. you're glad that he would say something like that. But it's also just true. As the GM, there has to be a buck stops here kind of mentality too. Despite what an owner tells a coach that he can do, if you got a major problem with the decisions that are being made, speak up. Use your big boy voice, right? Mm. And it didn't seem like he did that, so he gets to take some of that responsibility. But as far as this team and the way that it's built, saying that he's overrated, man, you got to go through this year at least because mm. this is the year that we are all saying he is accountable for, right? Mm-hmm. Like No more excuses. You kept the players that you kept without any influence from the Cornhusker. So at this point, dude, this is what it is. We can evaluate right now. And if you don't like decisions that are being made throughout the year and at the end of the year, 100% put him at his doorstep. But the conversation of him being overrated, GM is a very difficult job, man. There's what, three really solid GMs on an every year basis. Outside mm-hmm. of that, it's you're lucky to find what you can find. He moved mountains to get Bryce Young here. That buys him time for me, man. Like, I'm super excited about Bryce to the point where you can make a couple of other mistakes. You could even make a panic move going for DJ Johnson. I'm okay with it if Bryce hits. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 We do. We brought in Hassan Reddick. We identified him for $9 million. 
Yeah. And he, he, they matched what Philly was giving him. And Hassan Reddick was like, nah, I'm not standing for this guy. What's, what's yeah. he going to do? Like, what's he going to do to keep him there? You got yeah. to keep these guys. He brought in Stephen right. Gilmore, who ended up leaving and going to the Colts. That's right. not like he brought him in. You got to keep him. You got to sell him. The coaching staff has to sell him on what he's going to be doing. Right. So and we don't know. It, yeah. We don't know how much of some of those decisions, right? Like the Hassan Reddick and the Stephen Gilmore, because there's a lot of conversation about they kept Dante Jackson over Gilmore. And maybe that's true, but I don't know the percentage of the factoring of all those outside pieces, right? Right. I don't know that it was definitely this conversation of Gilmore or Jackson. Maybe we had an idea that Gilmore was going to go regardless, so we went ahead and we extended Jackson. There's mm-hmm. there's nuances that we just are never going to know. It's fair to criticize and question. It's not fair to make a judgment before all of those things kind of settle and you're able to look at the entire picture. I mean, we can go. We've gone forever. We can talk about the uh, DJ Moore contract. Remember when right. DJ Moore got money? We were like, "Ooh, that seems like a lot of money." And then right. all these receivers got paid money after money after and, money. And he's a smart contract at that point. Yeah, and we look yep. like oh, we only gave him that much money. It was like it felt right. super, super, super cheap when right. we were doing when we were doing it that way. Man, you you brought in a pro bowler that was on the Eagles squad last year for six million dollars a year. Yeah, David Montgomery is making six million dollars a year. Who's a career right. three point eight. <laughs> yard per carry right. person is going to play backup. They brought in Jamal Williams for four million over at the Saints. Jamal yep. Williams is twenty eight years old. Yeah. Miles Sanders is twenty five years old. So yep. it's like um, you bring in DJ Chark for five million dollars. That dude's going to yep. get when when you see Alan Lazard getting eleven million. You brought DJ Chark in for five. Like these, like these, he's not bad at yeah. all. None yeah. of these contracts are bad, and he can get off every single one of them yeah. in two years. Yep, every single one of them. Yeah, so. It's really, it's really odd that people think that uh, Fitter is bad. How do you change over an entire team and then change over your entire coaching staff and be like, wow, yeah, I, it's it seems more, <laughs> no doubt, yeah, and it seems more PTSD than it does like actual yes. looking at this from a non biased, clear headed view, right? I just think that we're so used to seeing the Panthers team being put together like in a hodgepodge fashion, right? That we're we're not looking at this as a like you just said being able to get out of some of these contracts next year we're testing some things out this year we've got a rookie quarterback we want to find out what the deficiencies are and we've created a roster that will show us that Mm -hmm. we have if people exceed what the expectations are we're in a good position to keep them and and continue on with that trajectory if they don't and and maybe the overall consensus opinion on some of these guys was more accurate than we were then we can get rid of them and we can yeah. move on and we can say, hey, look, we've tried that element. It doesn't work for Bryce. It doesn't work for this offense. It doesn't work for this coach. So here's here's another guy that's different that we can try yeah. out. And we're not financially tied down for that. That's yeah. that's all of this just has to be accounted and and really thought out when it comes to evaluating the job that the GM has done. And I think we're still a year away from being able to properly do that. Yeah. I mean, DJ Chark, you probably get off of it. You get off and he's on one-year deal. Houston's right. a one-year deal. Miles Sanders, you're paying two years worth of them guaranteed for the same price that the Cardinals yep. are playing James Conner for one year. That's right. So, <laughs> like Adam, uh, you only have to have Adam Thielen for two years. Right. Uh, you, and you can spread that money. You could be the, the good thing about that, everybody's saying, oh, we got four year, uh, however much that Sanders got, I think $25 million, $26 yeah. million, something like that. Um, you, you say that about him, but it's like, no, he only has two years guaranteed and we get to play with the salary cap that way. We yeah. can. We can spread that money up over those times, and we can still cut him because his guaranteed right. money is already given to him. So yeah, Suleiman, Suleiman's a monster back there with the uh, financials. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's it's 
look at the, how how long the Saints made their window. Now they're they're eating all that. They're yep. they're they're going to be trash for like ten years now. Right. But they they their window was like eight years long because yeah. of how they manipulated the cap. That's so right. It, Bill comes due eventually, but yeah, we we could play around with Bryce on a on a rookie deal for five years, right? And then we start manipulating a little bit more after that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's uh that's all I have. I'm, I'm actually I'm 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 I was so happy coming into it. Now I'm getting mad at Panther fans. Just like stop saying that about Fitter <laughs> or even even Reich. Like we we saw three preseason games. Everybody's like the world's falling. Like they have yeah. like the sky's falling down. You can see Nick Reich on right. That's what's going around. Nick Reich on TV. He's like, oh man, he's not going to have any time in the world. That 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 might be the worst offense. And after yeah. What, how, you, didn't, well, you definitely didn't watch the last preseason game after the first right, two preseason right. games. That's what you're saying. Yeah, we're um, gonna we're gonna be okay. I I I'm now I'm shifting gears. Right, we've done all of the off season procedures. We've we've gone through everything. We've seen the preseason. We've gotten into a hysterical panic. We've gone through <laughs> all of the regular season emotions, and we've done it in three weeks' time. So yeah. now I'm just shifting gears, and I'm strictly optimistic about this team. Until yep. they give me a reason to doubt them, I still feel just as good as I did before the right. uh, offseason. You know what I mean? Like, we still have all those pieces in place. Let's wait until we get some clarification on Terrace Marshall Jr. and DJ Chark's injury and see mm. what we're going to roll out week one. Speaking yep. of week one, we'll have a nice little preview coming once we get a little yep. bit of that information. Yeah, I still got my notes from my uh, from my 32 and 32 on the Falcons. Um, yeah. Also, I have, the, I, have, I have Panthers at 11 wins now, not 12. Yeah, you told me that. And yeah. you know what? I think that I could go down to 10, too. And I think, I think mine that still wins the division, gonna, though. Mine's, mine's going to be a spiteful loss of one win. And I'm just going to say just because Ecoliota didn't make the roster, <laughs> I'm taking a win off. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I think that 10 wins, yeah. 10 or 11 wins is is still my range for the team. Yeah, um, I think that's about right. I didn't realize we went yeah. road, road, road. We went three straight road games. It's like, a lot. Yeah. Screw you, schedule makers. It's a lot, um, man. Cool. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, we, we touched on everything. I think we did a pretty good show, if anybody's yeah. still listening. And um, let's touch on uh, Shark, Shark Academy, because I'm pretty sure that people want to know if they want a jersey or not. Yeah, so the raffle is uh, over. We have reached the 25-person threshold to do the jersey raffle. We'll get that set up so that we can do that on the game preview for week one against Atlanta. Um, make that just like an extravaganza show, give away a jersey, talk about the first NFL game for the Panthers. Extravaganza. Um, And we'll see if we can't get in touch with Coach D and see how they finished up with their thing um, and and then get an idea of when they're going to do the drawing for those Saints tickets as well. Um, And we'll relay all that information. But we did cross that 25-person threshold. So thank you to everybody that bought tickets and supported that incredible cause um and i look forward to sending one of you lucky sons of bees a uh <laughs> nfl jersey let's go i hope it's b i already got my dj chart <laughs> good uh, uh but yeah i think that that wraps us up thanks everybody for listening like download subscribe i always forget one but do all of those things yeah. and uh always keep pounding keep pounding